All right, so this is actually going to be the first episode ever of the SaaS Ad Lab podcast. So I want to introduce everyone to Omer. Uh, he is located, where are you located? I'm in Melbourne, Australia. Awesome, awesome. So we have someone from the other side of the world. Uh, I'm currently located in Phoenix, Arizona. So very different places. I've never been to Australia, so that would be amazing if I ever got the chance to go there. Uh, so again, thank you, Omer, for hopping on here and Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Uh, how did you come up with the idea for Vervo? Uh, is that how you pronounce the, the company? It is. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd love to. Um, you know, I moved from Israel where I grew up to Australia uh, a lot of years ago. And um, I didn't have a university degree yet. I just finished my military service. And Israel is a very entrepreneur, entrepreneurial uh, society. And... Um, you know, there I'd served in the military and I worked at a couple of startups. I went to a good school and um, I, I had what was considered a good resume. Okay. And then I came to Melbourne and I applied for like a hundred jobs and couldn't get an interview. Uh-huh. And I found myself in a society that kind of valued um, pedigree, university degrees and, um, and things like that. And I was this guy with like a name no one could pronounce um, from the Middle East and mm-hmm. I couldn't get a foot in the door and I found it really frustrating. I, fe- I felt, I felt rejected. I felt like these are jobs that I could, um, companies I could contribute to and jobs I could do really well at. Um, and, and I can't get in and that feeling stayed with me for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then much later on when I was in a senior role in a major bank, I was building a team. I had a team of 25 people and I saw things from the other side um, all these amazing people in my team that didn't necessarily come from, you know, um, a good university or, or didn't necessarily or, or hadn't worked at a company with a brand name, but they were awesome. Right. Um, and then I'd have all these people that like these fancy resumes that would be submitted um, to me from by headhunters. And we'd meet with these people for hours and they couldn't think laterally or, weren't curious or didn't have the work ethic we wanted. Um, and, and it just all hit home that like the way that most companies hire by screening people um, based on their background, it just doesn't work. It doesn't translate into performance or effort right. or attitude. Um, and I got together with uh, my co-founder, David, who um, was working in Silicon Valley in tech and had very similar experiences um, you know, with people who were self-taught versus Stanford grads. And when we said, like, let's do something about it. Let's create a world where uh, companies and candidates can connect in a more authentic way and make it more about can you do the job, not how good do you look on paper. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, and that's, that's one of the big things I feel like, you know, is what really makes an entrepreneur. It's a lot of the time you see all these, all these big names, right? Like Jeff Bezos and all these people that usually don't have like an actual uh, background in whatever it is that they're doing. They just kind of go into it and figure everything out that they needed to do. And, and that's something that I kind of did myself as well, as far as digital advertising, uh, where that, when I went to school, they weren't teaching, you know, any of that stuff because one of the reasons I think they do it is it just, everything changes so quickly that they can't even have a curriculum for it. So they would have to be changing every single lesson pretty much on a monthly basis for like, for example, GDPR and, and, and Facebook, right? Like if that happens in the middle of the school year, then you have to change everything up right away. And that's impossible to keep track with. Um, so I think that's, that's such a great point, you know, about um, 
the roles of the future. There, there are so many roles that, uh, that we help our, our customers fill that they didn't exist five years ago. Exactly. Uh, like SEO, um, mm-hmm. how many people were doing SEO five years ago? Mm-hmm. And, and, and now, you know, every digital agency is, is hiring people and universities aren't teaching this stuff. Exactly. You know, they're not teaching influencer marketing. They're not teaching. I mean, there are just so many things. I mean, it, data scientists now are in demand. There are just so many things that are changing and you can't look, you can't, um, uh, put people in boxes. You can't try and hire people in a traditional way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to look at things differently. You have to see how can people contribute? How quickly can they learn? How can they apply themselves? Mm-hmm. Um, if all you look at is this person went to this university and got these grades, um, you're going to miss out on some incredible people that can contribute to your company. Yeah. And like you said, the, the SEO thing, even if they were teaching it, by the time the people graduate, everything would be completely different. That's like right. there's just so many changes constantly that happen. And that's probably the reasons why uh, companies like Google and I'm pretty sure Amazon and Apple, they don't require a degree anymore. So it's just people that are in there doing the things that they love and really appreciate, you know, what they do. Uh, and, and I think it's really the passion and actually knowing how to do it instead of just reading it from a book because you don't actually get to do most of it. Um, so I think you have a good point there. And, and so tell us a little bit more about, what do you do uh, for Vervo? Or not what you do for Vervo, but what does Vervo do exactly? So what we do is we help companies see how candidates perform tasks mm-hmm. that are most relevant to the job. So um, instead of um, what did you do in the past or, or where did you study or, or all those kind of things, it's, we ignore all that and we just focus on can you do the job and how will you do the job? So mm-hmm. if it's a sales role, we'll get you to um, do a mock cold call or write a cold email, um, or deal with objections or a negotiation. If it's a, um, product designer role, then it'll probably be a, some form of design exercise followed up with questions to explain your work. Mm -hmm. Uh, if it's a retail role, it might be watching a video of an angry customer and, um, having to, to respond to that. Right. It could be an Excel test. Um, if it's a, if it's a finance role, it could be, um, editing a PowerPoint presentation or writing a press release mm-hmm. um, or solving a problem with, with code or with data. Um, and, and so it's, it's all about what can you do and how do you do it? Not what, uh, what do you claim to be able to do on your resume right, or, right. or who, which um, logo did you work with? And we don't really know how much you did versus other people. It's just yeah, about the whole how well can you do the tasks. Exactly. Great point. I love that. Uh, and I think that's a lot of the things that, that, uh, not only the people, you know, applying to this position, but also, um, the employees struggle with, right. So it's, it's, it's kind of like you're pretty much aiding both sides of the spectrum. You're going after the employer right. and also, uh, the recruiters or the, the people that are the applying. candidates. Yeah. And, and, and that's a great point because often, cause there, there are sort of two benefits for the candidate. Um, uh, so, so first of all, candidates, they get a chance to showcase their talent mm-hmm. um, and, and they're not held back or disqualified arbitrarily, but also they get a chance to see what the job is going to be like. And they get, uh, we collect, so we survey all the candidates and we get feedback and often they say, wow, I got a, a realistic view of what, what I'll be doing and actually 
I'm more excited than ever, or maybe actually this is too hard. This is not for me. I'm going to rule myself out. And that's great. That's great. Like, you know, it saves time for everybody because (laughs) others actually get to see what they're going to do instead of wasting all this time only to discover later they're in the wrong place. Exactly. That's awesome. So as far as how long, how long have you actually been uh, with Verbo? How long has the company been around for? Yeah. So just over a couple of years now. Um, but, but a lot of that time was spent, you know, behind the scenes building the first version of the product. We sort of, um, really started hitting the public scene mid last year when we started doing PR and launched. Um, mm-hmm. so just over a year in the market publicly out of beta. Um, and it's been, it's been crazy. We sort of acquired four and a half thousand customers in that time. Um, we've gone from two founders bootstrapping to, a global team of 25 That's awesome. um, and, and raise some money along the way as well. And, you know, it's just been, it's been a crazy ride. And so what, now that you mentioned that it's been a crazy ride and I feel like a lot of these companies are right. Anything that's in SaaS or anything that you have really, no one really knows if your product's going to work or not. Right. Obviously you yourself at the beginning, it's a great idea. And then it's actually, it comes time to ex- execute. So how, how did you, I guess that's the wrong, the wrong question here. What, what have you found has been the most struggling task, right? When, when growing the business and, and putting everything to actual, you know, connecting all the dots, what would you say has been the, the thing that made you struggle the most? You and your co-founder and really any team members. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll give you two answers. I'll tell you what I think the biggest, the hardest thing has been for the company and then the hardest thing for me personally as a founder. Okay. Um, so, one of the things that um, we struggled with in the beginning was telling our story uh, in the right way. We um, we're not we're not iterating on something existing. We're essentially inventing a new category. We're saying to people, listen, um, instead of looking at resumes and screening and then doing interviews, don't do all those things. Um, test candidates online. Give them a chance to prove their skills online. And every candidate excuse me, not just some. And it's just a fundamentally different way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And we, we sort of, um, in the beginning, we weren't sure like, are we, should we be using familiar language like interview or do we want to and say we've got an online interview or should we say actually interviews are bad, um, we've replaced them with something else, which is a, a bolder, less safe approach, but, um, you, you know, it's going to apply to, less people because you're really going after early adopters and Mm -hmm. and and we didn't and we we didn't know how to talk about ourselves in a way that really um was reflective of the opportunity of how how much value we could add and being true to ourselves it took us a while to figure that out to really be ourselves and own our own narrative Um, and we tried a lot of things we did I mean, I did a whole bunch of podcast interviews and um, conferences and there's kind of a curve of improvement over time. Yeah. Um, there were people that helped us along the way. There was one lady we worked with on, on our um, brand and language that really was a step change. But I think a lot of it was also practice and um, getting feedback and just getting better and better and better over time. Uh, but I think we reached this inflection point where it clicked and all of a sudden we knew like what's the 10 second 
elevator pitch, the 60 second elevator pitch? Um, what's the five minute pitch? What do you put in an email? What do you put in a deck? What, what do you do in a discovery call? Like all these things, which mm-hmm. we've now not nailed, but you know, in the beginning, like I, you know, I'd go to like a family event and people would say, so what do you do? What does the company do? I couldn't even explain it. I, yeah. I, I, I couldn't. And, and now I just say, we help companies hire, like we test skills. Okay. Uh-huh. What skills? Like it's, it, it's easy. Or, or I talk about, we make hiring about merit. Okay. At least it doesn't tell you everything, but it, it's, it gets the curiosity. It gets idea, right. right. And we've kind of learned, and that was, I think the biggest thing for the company. And when we, um, before we got that right, we were attracting the wrong customers because we were positioned incorrectly. Mm-hmm. And that was reflected in our, um, our website language and the way we talk. And once we got that right, and then we, we uh, filtered that through to all, all our channels, it, everything, everything clicked, everything started working. Um, I think for me personally, uh, you know, I, um, I was sort of working myself into the ground for a long, long time and stressing about everything. And I never really made that transition from, um, two person company where the founder does everything to being a CEO of a 25 person company where I can actually let go of things. And I, I was so in the weeds and so kind of immersed and stressed and sleep deprived that I was just losing sight of my own health and um, the big picture. And I went on a um, couple months ago, I took, um, I went to the U S for a month and I took my first ever vacation since we founded the company, actually not far from you. I went hiking in Utah and yeah, no technology, nine days. Uh Uh, Unbelievable. And I came back a new person. I didn't come back to any of the things I was doing. I let everything go. Mm -hmm. Um, And now I only do basically things that, meaningfully move the dial for the company or where I have, where there's no one in the company better skilled than me at that particular task. Um, And so now like I've kind of found my own place as the CEO of the company and really transitioned Mm -hmm. and I'm more productive. The team's happier. I sleep better. I feel better. Um, And that's been for me, like, you know, on a personal level, the most difficult kind of, letting go and really making that transition as a founder from the bootstrapped guy do, writing the copy on the website, like doing every single thing <laughs> to like, to, yeah, to, now I just let go of things yes. and that they get taken care of. And even if they don't, I don't stress about them. I just kind yeah. of, I just said, I, th- I asked myself, well, is this going to make a meaningful difference to the company? If not, don't worry about it. Right. So you actually mentioned, and that's a, that's a great, uh, that's a great two points. And you mentioned, uh, one of the struggles was being as far as, you know, branding and things like that. And also you mentioned the, that you were going or you were attracting, I think, uh, the, the wrong customers, right? Yeah. So what is your niche or do you have one? So, so we solve a particular problem, which is, um, once you've got, uh, candidates say you've got a hundred candidates for your role. We help you get from a hundred to one or two. That's, that's what we do. We help you make a decision on who is the best person to hire. Okay. So these um, people are already coming with candidates for you. Right. And, um, we were in the beginning, we were attracting people who wanted to solve a process problem, not a selection problem. So 
they wanted like an applicant tracking system to do process tasks. So first of all, they were getting disappointed because we don't have um, advanced features in that area because that's not what we wanted to be really good at. And second, they weren't using the product to its full capacity because they didn't want deep skill testing. And third, then they'd compare us to the wrong competitors and say, oh, but you're expensive. And actually we're not expensive, but compared to these other things, you're comparing us to the wrong thing. And we realized actually it's like saying if someone's hungry and you keep giving them water, well, they're gonna get they're gonna get annoyed and and yeah. eventually like, this meal isn't very good and uh-huh. okay so um, we we then realize we have to actually take a step back and attract the right people um, and once we started doing that everything changed mm-hmm. there, there were no price objections um, the feature requests were totally different they were in our sort of core area that we invest around testing there mm-hmm. were people who wanted to replace interviews. Um, and, and, and all of a sudden big companies started to come. Um, and so that made a really big difference just for us to be honest with ourselves and say, actually, we're not this, we're this, and we right. won't get dragged into this direction, even if it means losing customers and saying no. And you have to, yeah. You have to always, I think that's one of the biggest things that, you know, startups have a hard time realizing is the fact that they, they need to be saying no to certain people because not everyone's going to be a good fit. And that's something that I've personally dealt with. Uh, and I think that's a lot of people that are dealing with you, you know, and, and, and like you mentioned, it's just, you have to say no to specific people because it's, it's not going to be a win-win. So then there's really nothing. That's right. And we have customers that say, why don't you develop all these features? And we, when are we going to have it? And we say never because that's not our vision. That's mm-hmm. not, you know, we, we don't, that's not what we want to do. We want to be really, really good at a, and if you want B, there are other folks in the market that, that do it better than us. And we're going to be very honest with you um, about that. And I think having the conviction to say that having that, first of all, understanding that for yourself around your own identity. And then second, being able to say that to the market and say, this is what we stand for. This was our vision from day one. This is our mission. And this is how we're going to invest. This is what the roadmap looks like. It's 100% tied to the company's mission, which is to make hiring about merit, not background. That's what we want to get good at. We don't want to get good at like all these other things that are peripheral to that. Yeah. Um, and, and because you can get drowned in, in feature requests and you will never, ever, ever move forward. You will constantly be chasing tail for the wrong customers. Mm-hmm. So that's really important. Uh, do you think that focusing on one thing specifically at a time? So I, I mean, you could have different items, right? But you think focusing on one thing for the company specifically at, at one time, or having multiple people focus on different tasks, is better than having uh, either a team or, or or just one specific individual focus on you know three different things at once. It, that really depends on capacity and the size uh, of of the team. So um, if you're big enough, you can have um, multiple work streams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we sometimes split the team, but by and large, we, we work as one and there's one theme. Um, so for example, um, between now and the end of the calendar year, there's one major thing that we're trying to release. Now, alongside that, there's bug fixes, there's some minor features, a whole bunch of other stuff, but there's one big thing 
and the whole team's going to be working on it and it's going to occupy 50 to 60% of um, the sprint load mm -hmm. until then. And that is what the whole company, product development, engineering, data science, so the designers, the, the developers, the, the data people are all working on this major initiative. And we then, uh, because we then also need to tune like sales, marketing, PR, all need to be aligned. So we need to release it to the media at, at the same time. And if we start deviating and getting distracted, we delay, we compromise quality, um, we have customers expecting things that don't come on time. Um, and, and, and we're not Facebook. We're not that big. We're like, we can have, you know, pods of 50 yeah. engineers doing all these different things. We're like, we've got eight engineers and three data scientists, two psychologists, and that's it. So awesome. we, we have to be like really, really targeted in what we're delivering. And at any given time, we're probably only delivering 20% of the total like, demand like we're drowning in requests for integration our customers want so many things and we you know we we can't do them all we can't do them all um, even even if some of them are definitely like core things you know they might take three to six months until we can get to them because the roadmap is crammed mm -hmm. so how long does it usually take and and i have another question to that i don't want to forget uh, how long does it usually take for a project, right? So for, let's say that someone gives you the 100 um, candidates, how long does it take for them to go through the process of testing and really- Oh, cool. Down? It's very quick. So um, typically candidates have four days to complete. We call them a talent trial. That's the, the test. Um, the talent trials can be, um, 20 to 30 minutes or they can be a little bit longer if they're more in depth. So a design challenge might be a few hours or mm. advanced financial modeling, but typically something at the top of the funnels or something at the point of application will be up to half an hour. Um, and, and candidates usually do it um, pretty quickly. And we developed machine learning algorithms that automatically grade the responses uh, and rank. And so what then happens is, um, you can have a thousand applicants and they'll all complete their talent trials and you as an employer will then get them stack ranked with a score and they're ranked in order of performance. They all start from the same starting point. It doesn't matter. We don't care what their background is. We don't care what they did. It's just they're purely ranked on how they, based on how they performed the task. And then what you'll do is you're not going to look at a thousand because who has time to do that? You will start from the top 10 um, and we guide you towards the ones who are most probable, most likely to be suitable for your role mm -hmm. based on how they perform the task that you told us you care about the most. Makes sense. And as far as the, the whole ranking, right, obviously the, the top one to the top three essentially are going to be the best paid, right? So is, is that something that the company, let's say whoever, whoever's working with you, if they give, if you give them the top, um, I don't know, five or three or whatever, do, do they also get maybe a numerical as far as how much this specific individual should be making? Or is that something that the company? We, yeah, we don't get into, we don't recommend salaries. We don't, we don't get into that at all. All we do is we, we tell you um, how well they performed and then the company. So we start from the point of typically the point of, um, application. Uh, so w once you've got the candidates mm -hmm. and, 
and then we help you make a hiring decision. But anything to do with even um, so background checks, onboarding, salary, contract, we don't do that. We, yeah. we will partner or integrate or do things like that, but that's non-core. Our sweet spot is how to get from 100 to 1. Sometimes it's more than 1 because you might want to um, take a few people offline or you might want to hire more than 1. Mm-hmm. But essentially, we want to get you as close as possible to the best candidate so that when you talk to that person, it can be about getting to know them and closing them as opposed to trying to figure out if they can do the job. You've done that already. You've validated their skills. When you speak to them, it can be meaningful. It, it shouldn't be about work, trying to work out, guess if they can do the job. That, that's been done for you. Right. And now you can have a great discussion and set them up for success and sell them on the company. Okay. And how does this, how does this work as far as, let's say, cause this is purely based off of um, performance, right? So what, what happens as far as personality and things like that? I know you mentioned yeah. that you had some psychologists as part of, you know, the team. So do they get involved in, in maybe finding the, the best fit as far as maybe culture and things like that go? So yeah, Absolutely. So we, the language we use is skills and attitude. Um, so we, we um, absolutely do both. Some people talk about it in terms of hard skills, soft skills. I don't particularly like that language. So we think about it in um, three categories, job specific skills, which is the, the, the things that are unique to the job, like, like selling or designing in sketch or Excel or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the second category is general work skills, some people call that soft skills. So that's things like it could be attention to detail or teamwork. They're things that they're still skills because they can be learned, but they're applicable to any job. It's kind of the how you do the job. And then the third category is personality. And um, personality, um, it's controversial on, on whether personality should be used in hiring simply because two people with very different personalities can both be good at the same job. Um, so what we do with personality is we integrate with providers of um, psychometric uh, assessments and they're, they're available to be used in our library. And so essentially what we achieve is we give you a 360 view of the candidate. Um, you can test candidates on skill, attitude, personality all together. And a great example is um, we do a lot of graduate and intern programs. And if you think about graduates and interns, they don't have a lot of history, a lot of work experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, really it's all about their attitude. And so most of the testing with, with graduates is about um, attitude, motivation, ability to learn quickly, um, how much they buy into the company's story, um, how they'll work in a team. It's, it's all those kind of intangibles. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're very good at that. So we, it's one of the areas that really makes us different to uh, anyone else that we, we combine the skills and the attitude to give you a, a very comprehensive view of the person you, you, you're going to hire. That's awesome. So when it comes to, um, what was the question? Uh, when it comes to, I guess, really, you know, the, the, the industries, is there an industry that you serve most or that you see that the industry comes to you mostly? Maybe it's like the tech industry or what, what is the industry that you see that's usually more going to gravitate yeah, we, towards the to product? 
there's a huge variety, but where we do really, really well is um, knowledge workers. Um, so, so um, sort of like what we talked about before, new economy type type jobs, digital marketing, mm-hmm. um, companies that not just tech, but companies where there's a tech component, um, design, sales, marketing, uh, e- engineering, also things like finance, um, customer success, customer service, call centers. So typically roles where medium to high skill. Um, because if you think about like, um, uh, say hospitality, um, you're not really going to do advanced testing for hospitality. Mm. It, it, it doesn't make sense and it's high volume. So typically in things like retail and hospitality, it's high volume of candidates and um, very superficial testing. It's more kind of almost a survey, pretty mm. quick. Uh, whereas if you're going to hire a, a UX designer or a growth marketer, you, you really need to know um, a lot about that person's capability. Um, and so in that second category, we tend to uh, do really well. Um, and then, as I mentioned before, graduates and interns is the other, is the other area that, that we do well. So, um, and we don't, we don't do a lot of blue collar um, for si- similar reasons. Yeah. Um, so it tends to be like we do a lot with um, digital agencies, advertising and creative agencies, mm-hmm. Uh, a lot with tech companies, a lot with corporates and a lot with staffing agencies as well. Awesome. And where are most of, is there a place where uh, most of your customers are coming from or is it just all over now? Everywhere in the world, probably half in the U S a lot in the U S we've got a sales team in the U S and we focus on the U S market a lot um, because the founders are in Melbourne. We have a lot of organic uh, you know, inbound interests and referrals here in Australia mm-hmm. um, and mainly English speaking. Um, I mean, we have Japanese, we have customers that, that we're using other languages as well, Spanish, Portuguese, um, Japanese, Mandarin, but less. Uh, the vast majority of the platform is mm-hmm. English speaking um, companies and, and candidates um, and strong North American focus today. Awesome. Great to hear. So if you had, we're coming up on the 30 minutes here. If you had one uh, piece of advice for, for any SaaS, you know, founder or anyone that wanted to create a startup or anyone that was looking to use your service, uh, what is, you know, the piece of advice that you would give them? And, and I guess that last question too, if they wanted to use it, when is the best time to come to, to you? So the I'll answer the first part first around um, advice or suggestion for someone who's building uh, a company. You you know I think really being true to yourself around um, the problem you're solving and sticking to that and not um, sort of swashing around the market and pivoting every five minutes Mm -hmm. and trying to jump it. jump at different things, but having the conviction, even if it means that it won't work. Um, if you, if you, if you give everything up to start a company, you typically do it for a reason and it means that you believe in something. And so, um, really stick to that and, and, and test that and find the market. Don't, um, don't sort of stick to a market and change your product to suit them. 
um, build what you believe in to solve a problem and find the market that, that wants it. I'm not saying build it and they will come. I'm not saying that. Um, but I am saying that um, if you genuinely believe you are solving a problem, then have the conviction to back that mm -hmm. and tell that story. Um, and, 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 and that comes back to the, the, what I was talking about before about our own sort of right. identity. Um, in, in terms of um, us being valuable, um, you know, really the, the main problem we solve is instead of having to waste time on deciding who to interview, we help you um, give everyone a chance to prove their skills and then really quickly see who are the best performers. So anyone who's hiring um, f regularly, uh, if you're hiring once a year, um, typically you don't have that much of a need, but if you're hiring every month um, and you believe that um, a piece of paper is not going to really tell you who the best person is and you don't want to miss out on amazing people um, and you believe that hiring should be about merit, we're, we're here for you. We're on your side um, and we make that happen. We have companies um, from um, single person consultants to enterprise um, and everything in the middle across a range of industries mm -hmm. um, and and so you know and typically they're companies that believe what we believe and they genuinely want to do hiring the right way and make it about what can someone do not um, which gender are they from or which school did they what go the, to what did the paper say <laughs> right um, and you actually answered one of the other, the other questions that I had is uh, and you already answered but do you have a minimum amount of uh, candidates or I, I don't think you actually answered that actually, but do you have a minimum amount of candidates that you need in order to have these tests? Or for example, if no. I, if I needed just one candidate and I wanted to know, you know, is he going to be the right one? Uh, is, is that something that I can, you know, have you guys work with me or do I have to have a minimum of 10 candidates per se? No, I mean, I mean, um, Absolutely, you can do that. Um, so we have, um, you know, our basic plan is for companies hiring, I think it's up to 10 people a year, um, one job at a time. Mm -hmm. And it, it's the price points, it's, it's something like 100 bucks a month or okay. uh, maybe a tiny bit more than that. So it's a very affordable price point. I mean, it costs mm -hmm. you $300 just to put a job ad out. Um, <laughs> so we, we definitely cater to that. Um, and we do have companies that use us. The use case you described is um, bottom of the funnel. So you've typically like gone through a lot of the process and then you just really want to be sure about someone. Mm -hmm. um, so the answer is yes. Um, having said that, the vast majority of our customers um, do have some degree of volume. So typically 30 candidates minimum. Um, simply because they're in more pain um, at that point. They've got to spend more time going through all the applications. Mm -hmm. Some of our customers have more than a thousand um, candidates mm -hmm. per role. Um, and you can just imagine. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, and then multiple roles and, 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 and so on. Um, and so when you have that scenario, um, you have a bigger problem and then, you know, we, we become very, very um, uh, valuable and they'll typically use us at the top of the funnel. So from the point of application and put their whole process through our platform. But mm -hmm. it's, we, we do both. Awesome. That's great to hear. And uh, 
Omer, where can people find you online? Uh, Facebook page, Instagram? Yeah, so the website is vervo.com, V-R-V-O-E.com. Um, and we have live chat. We use Intercom, by the way. Um, and, you know, we talk to customers um, and prospects. Me personally, um, the best social uh, network to find me is LinkedIn. Um, that's where um, I spend uh, probably the most amount of time of the social mm -hmm. platforms. Uh, very easy to find me on LinkedIn and I, d I do a lot of uh, organic activity there. Um, so I'd welcome connecting with people who um, believe the same things that, um, that we do or people I can be helpful to uh, as well. And, and yeah, and typically people either find us through the website and then um, organize to speak to us or get started themselves or they'll sort of engage with me personally on, on LinkedIn. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. And what about the last question I have for you? What is uh, the best book you would recommend uh, for someone, you know, that's starting a company or someone that's just had, has this vision to, to do something big, right? To, to do something that's going to change someone's life for positive. There's a book by Ben Horowitz called The Hard Thing About Hard Things. <laughs> um, uh, ben Horowitz from Andreessen Horowitz. And um, it's, you know, it had a profound impact on me because it's a no bullshit. Uh, you know, he really, you know, he, he, he really exposes the roller coaster and the emotions of the founder CEO, um, the, the being sick to your stomach um, when, when, when you're having to like, when you think the board is going to fire you or when you think you're going to have to fire every employee in your company and, and literally every emotion in there I've had at one point, every anxiety. Mm -hmm. And he's not like talking about Gary V style. I'm crushing it. It's none <laughs> of that crap. It's right. like, it's like, li listen, this is what it's like building um, a, a company and, and failing a million times along the way and eventually succeeding. Um, and so anyone going on that journey, if you're a founder or founder CEO, um, that, that is a, an incredible, very raw uh, book mm -hmm. that I'd, I'd highly recommend reading. Great. I'm going to go pick it up right after this. Uh, thank you for saying, Omer, do you have any questions for me about anything? How can I help? Yeah. I'm curious to hear sort of um, just about why you're doing this and uh, if there's anything I can do to help. Why I'm doing this. I, I'm obsessive about SaaS companies and I want to learn as much as I want. I figured, you know, the best way to do that would be to connect with them personally, the founders, the people that have been putting in countless hours, you know, day in, day out, uh, sleepless nights, really doing, like you said earlier, just whether this little piece of copy is going to make a difference. And, and I, I honestly, like I connect with that so well because I feel like I've been there, maybe not with the SaaS companies, but other companies I have that I've created in the past and, and failed and, and so on. So just really understanding everything. And I feel like I've always been a very um, early adopter to technology. So I like knowing what's out there, trying things out um, and, and really understanding. And like I said, the agency that I own focuses on SaaS companies and, and really that's the niche that we want to focus on uh, and really understanding, you know, how they operate and what they're doing and, and, the industries that they want to work with, I think it's going to enlighten me that much more to be able to help people like you or people that are, you know, whether they're a startup or they've been around for a while and just marketing expertise that I want to share with people as well. 
Cool. And I think that's a great, like learning from people who are doing it and, yeah. and uh, is a great, uh, great way. And are you going to be focusing on um, B2B or B2C or both? B2B. 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 Yeah. yeah okay. Okay, cool. So that's, that's it. I do have one more question. I don't know if, if I maybe should have asked this beforehand. Uh, if you have any sort of, you know, deals for anyone that watches the podcast or anything like that, uh, or, or you want to set something on, feel free to let me know and uh, we can definitely get that. Yeah, we can get together online and if we get offline, sorry, and talk about that and happy to, um, you know, if there are people that are uh, referred to us um, from, um, from your podcast, we can look after them for sure. Um, and very happy to get organized on something like that. We typically don't do a lot of, um, a lot of discounting, but, but in an organized way, um, mm -hmm. like this, we can, uh, always, um, help our friends out and uh, awesome. make people feel welcome. Great. Great. All right, Omar. Thank you so much for the time today. It was a pleasure talking to you and just learning more about Vervo, what you do, what you've been through and everything that you know. And, uh, I really appreciate the time. Me too. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Luis. Thank you. Thank you. Speak soon. Okay.